How bad are these 2021 rookie running back landing spots? I know everyone's going to want to freak out and say, you know, they're, they're horrible. This class is going to be garbage. Even, even, even Harris has a bad line in Pittsburgh. Najee Harris won't do it. Uh, everyone's freaking out. But let's, let's, I've digested this stuff for a little while now. I, too, didn't love the landing spots. I, too, don't think they're spectacular heading into 2021. But are they better than we think long term? Let's break it down. I don't like the landing spot for ETN on its face. Like, we all can admit that it's not an ideal spot. People that defend it through and through are just trying to will it to happen. It's not great. Miami would have been great. New York. Yeah, I know New York's got work to do, but they did a lot of it in the draft, people. New York. The New York Jets were a top three or four landing spot. Pittsburgh was, despite a bad offensive line and worries about about where Big Ben's going to be even half a year from now, let alone a year from now, and what they'll do at quarterback if Big Ben does fall apart or get hurt or retire in 2022. We don't know what the hell is going to happen there, but it's still volume-based, ideal type of situation. You know, so I understand Jacksonville looks bad on its face, but the truth is James Robinson, we don't know what kind of role he's going to have in 2022 and beyond. I think in 2021, so if we're talking redraft, not uh, ETN is going to, you know, get eased in, going to be the PPR guy, going to be the third down back, like Urban Meyer said. They're going to use James Robinson on the ground, first and second down, uh, pretty much run him into the ground. He could have a, 1,100 yards and five TDs with no PPR work. So James Robinson could be very serviceable, very uh, overlooked and undervalued heading into redraft because he's going to go from second round to who the hell knows. It could be it could be sixth, seventh, who, do, who knows? Fourth round, five, fifth round, sixth round. We don't know. We haven't done enough, enough mock drafts. No one even, people even mock drafting now are taking a guess. They're not sure where people are going to buy him, you know, last. And that's going to influence where a guy actually goes. Kind of like, you know, uh, a stock trade. You know, the, the value is only as good as the person that bought it last. No one knows what where to buy it. So I wouldn't even trust a mock draft if you if you did one tonight that that would be telling because that'll be one person trying it out. One person may be taking him too high. One person may be taking him uh, too late. Who, who the hell knows? All we know is James Robinson is going to have bad, bad value or a lot of risk if you're drafting him even remotely high. He can't be your running back too even. He's got to be like a flex. He's got to be like a super flex. And at that point, I might be, I don't want to say on board, but like definitely definitely willing to consider drafting him as my like high-end flex value. Not my running back too. I don't trust him as a running back too. That's not what I want for my running back too. Maybe if I have some weird crazy build where I've got, you know, wide receiver stacked, drafted Kelsey early, or I drafted a quarterback early or something, something like that. I could see maybe James Robinson being a crafty running back too, but in a nutshell, he, he's going to be flex type value. And if he falls there, good value. That's kind of safe. ETN could take some time. I eventually see ETN being Alvin Kamara. I eventually see ETN having uh, at least uh, the potential to be Alvin Kamara. The potential to be a 800 or 900 receiving running back, you know, maybe one of those 600 and 800 guys with with 70 to 80 receptions, maybe 10 total TD capability. This is an offense that could utilize him properly, or it could maybe just spread the ball around and use James Robinson and ETN, uh, you know, 
equally in different ways and ruin both their values. No one really knows. I just know that ETN and James Robinson walk into 2020, at least for redraft, very undervalued because everyone's worried about the other one ruining the other one's value and both of them being completely diminished in terms of, of potential output. And that's a fair assessment, a fair judgment, a fair concern. And it just depends on where that line in the sand is for you when you think you could turn and flip into a, a good value grab instead of a guy that you're going to avoid. I don't know what to make of either right now in Dynasty. I know I like ETN at the right value. If ETN falls into a, a crazy, crazy, like late first round value, then I like him. I'm okay with that. But if you got to take ETN four overall, if some people are considering taking ETN over Devontae Smith still, that's when I'm out. But that, that's how I feel about that, those, those running backs. But how do I feel about Javonta Williams? How do I feel about Michael Carter? It's real easy to be concerned about Javonta Williams in Denver because Melvin Gordon's there. Melvin Gordon had a quietly good year in 2020 when you look at the numbers. And, and you know, there's reason to be initially concerned on the surface level. But when you really look at it, the fact that Melvin Gordon – even if Javonta Williams wasn't drafted into Denver in that situation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Melvin Gordon would be hard-pressed to make it out of 2021 playing a full season and, and dropping huge numbers. He could be one of those guys that has like five really good games and then kind of falls flat and then, you know, walking into 2022. No one's even drafting him in the top seven rounds of fantasy football drafts. Does that sound like a guy you should be worried about for the long term when it comes to, to, to Javonta Williams's value? Does it make it kind of disappointing? Again, not landing in Miami or into a, a situation that was like rock solid, all the carries from week one. Absolutely. No one's excited about the landing spots. But remember that A.J. Brown, when he was drafted to the Titans, was a, it was a really bad spot initially. Marcus Mariota. We didn't know what the hell to expect out of A.J. Brown. And, and, and then Tannehill hiding on the, on the bench, essentially, ready to rise up. And, and that situation changed dramatically and fast. That could happen to Javonta Williams. It could happen to Travis Etienne. The draft capital is high for both of, the, both of these guys, high enough to, to warrant um, you know, the assumption that they will be the starter in time. They have the, the talent level to be the guy. This isn't, isn't a player that's going to be misused necessarily down the stretch. Just maybe initially they're looking at a little bit of a crowded situation. They could be pretty solid spots. Now, you could argue that the, the Denver spot is actually not that bad and might be the second best spot in the draft in terms of running back landing spots, or you could admit, as much as a lot of people want to fight it, that the New York Jets was and is the best landing spot for a running back outside of Pittsburgh. So Najee Harris gets the the nod for the best 
running back landing spot because the volume's just going to be there, whether the efficiency will be or not, whether the long-term value's there, if the offensive line sucks or Big Ben gets hurt or retires or doesn't make it through even 2021. There's a lot of reasons to be concerned, but the volume's there. He will get fed the ball. That's important. That's important enough. That makes him the number one running back landing spot-wise. But the Jets have much improved their situation. Drafted offensive lineman, one of the better rookie wide receivers outside the top two guys. Michael Carter, offensive line, defensive players, they filled a lot of holes. I give the Jets an A- minus to an A-plus draft grade. They improved a lot of holes. Everybody's saying, but it's the Jets. The Jets never do well. The Jets never produce. So who, why are you talking like that as if anything in the past matters when it comes to the Jets when they now have uh, uh, an upgrade at quarterback? They've never had a quarterback for, 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 for years and years. They've not had a quarterback. Stop talking about Darnold and all these other options, especially, especially mixed with the coaching staff that was, that was present during the Darnold era. They didn't have an option. They didn't have any production whatsoever. Stop comparing the old Jets to the new Jets because the new Jets have arrived. And it could take literally a year to a year and a half before this organization turns things around Buffalo Bills style. Very, very bad. All of a sudden, instantly good. That's what's going to happen to this New York football Jets team. And it all starts with Zach Wilson, who I think could be a top six fantasy football quarterback someday. He could be a top six NFL quarterback. They, they usually are one and the same, and they will be in this situation. I'm not saying Zach Wilson's a lock to be top six, but he has the potential to be top six. I think Trevor Lawrence feels about as locked in as you can as a future top six quarterback. But Wilson and Trey Lance are going to be in the conversation as well. Mark it down. Mark it down. Take your receipt. And, and this... Offense is much improved. Again, offensive line addressed, wide receiver drafted. I love Denzel Mims. Offensive, like I said, offensive line. Michael Carter walks into a very, very, very good spot where he's going to get all the work, essentially, or he could at least. There's not much competition whatsoever for Michael Carter. Michael Carter is going to have a field day in 2021, and I'm going to be there to watch it. I'm going to be there to acquire him and have him on at least one or two teams because Michael Carter could thrive.